She mentioned the thut, put my thut on the bar. What the heck is a thut? Well, your thut, it's your thigh butt, it's where your thigh meets your butt. But your thut is probably cut. Fifty to Fifty is a podcast documenting Michael Ivan Schwartz's journey to turning 50. Each week, he will attempt to do something he's never done before over the 50 weeks leading up to his birthday on December 20th, 2019, on his personal quest to expand, experiment, and embrace. I'm your host, Derek Vaughn Brown, and I'm here to antagonize Michael Ivan while holding him accountable to his goal. So last week, on our first task to becoming 50, because you don't get to become 50 unless you do all 50 of them right, right? Correct. That's and I like how works. you use like the, the royal we. You were joining me, for yeah. sure. You're going to turn 50 by the end of this. Oh, yeah. No, I'm skipping 17 years of life uh, just, <laughs> just for this project, and I hope you appreciate what I'm sacrificing for you. I really do. You've gotten feedback from others. Has it been good or bad? Definitely positive all around. And some things that they pointed out, like introducing you, were pretty important not to miss. So uh, I'm encouraged and ready to, you know, make this thing better each week. You know, maybe by the 50th one, it'll be listenable. Yeah. Well, and by then they'll be like, man, I wish they had made the pilot in the, in the format of the last show. Exactly. Yeah, hopefully we'll get it right before the 50th, but... Hopefully folks will have patience with us and it might take us three or four before we get into our groove. Yeah. Well, and that's the nature of creating any sort of show, right? You can't have consistency until you figure out what it is that your audience likes or does not like about your show. Uh, Take The Simpsons, for example. They change the voices of the characters. That's crazy to think about. Because now we're so used to what it is and it's great. But yeah. So, you know, hopefully in, what is it, 20 years they've been uh, doing The Simpsons, we'll, we'll, we'll get it right by then when I turn 70. 70 to 70, folks. You heard it here first. Podcast of the future. You can finally stop listening to reruns of uh, 50 to 50 and, uh, and get the fresh meat. <laughs> so this week we are talking about the German wheel. Hey, Alexis, WTF is German wheel. So the German wheel is also known as a Rad, a gymnastics wheel, or a gym wheel. The large wheel consists of two circles which are connected with six spokes with the diameter of the wheel depending on the height of the gymnast. This fine contraption was invented by Otto Feek in Germany as he was inspired by a childhood experience rolling in an iron-rimmed barrel with his grandpa, a blacksmith. In the 1920s, as the owner of a metalworks factory, he was able to bring his childhood dream to life and he received a patent for this German wheel in 1925. About 10 years later, in 1936, the German wheel was prominently displayed during the Berlin Olympic Games, featuring over 120 wheels. Once World War II officially broke out, the popularity of this German wheel declined, but at the end of the war, popularity picked back up in certain places. Today, the wheel sports continue to thrive through innovative circus acts like Cirque du Soleil and national and international competitions organized by the International Wheel Foundation and the USA Wheel Gymnastics Federation, which was created in 2011. 
Still doesn't explain why Michael Ivan would get into one. I'm so glad we have Alexis here. Yeah, me too. Alexis really comes prepared with all the facts. But she brings up a really good question. Why the hell would you ever get into one? You know, that is a good question. I didn't even hesitate when my friend Amanda uh, mentioned this as an option for me for my 50 to 50. She'd actually invited me a couple months ago and it wasn't, wasn't able to work out uh, for me to go participate in a class that she was doing. So I got a little one-on-one session, which I think was even better. And I thought, why not? I mean, that, that's probably going to be my answer to a lot of things. Why I do this thing? Why not? But I think the more practical thing is I know someone who does this who offered, hey, do you want to try this thing out? That How many people in the world have even done the German wheel? I mean, people don't even know what it is. I didn't know what it was. And then you see video and you're like, okay, maybe I've seen that somewhere on a circus thing. And I'm going to get inside this thing and do it with someone who's been doing it for two years. So, I mean, not a professional, but she's a competitive person that's gotten really good at it. And she is a huge advocate for this German wheel. So the dimensions haven't changed since 1925 when it was patented by a guy named Otto Mike, who was a um, World War I POW. And while he was in the POW camp, uh, he just kind of sat around and reminisced about all the times of his childhood that were great. He had a really nice childhood with all these brothers in the Rhone region. And his dad was a um, railroad worker and also, uh, no wait, no, he himself was a railroad worker and his dad was a welder. And so what they did, he and his brothers, they got these old barrel pieces, you know, like the metal parts, and they welded them together to make these things you could get inside made of metal and they would roll down hills. But like smaller barrel, human size. Children size. And so as he was in this POW camp, just like daydreaming about days gone by, he started thinking, I should make one of these for adults and make it exercise equipment. Mm -hmm. And so when he got out of the the uh, POW camp, he did. So he had, he laid out these directions, and the wheels are still made exactly in alignment with that plan. It looks like you survived. I was a little worried that you'd be missing fingers and toes, but I can see I can see ten fingers right now. Ten fingers, ten toes. What I started with. Uh, Amanda sent me a note two days later. Hey, how are you feeling? You have any uh, lingering wheel pains? And she mentioned the thut and during our. Uh, our workout that I needed to put my thut on the bar. What the heck is a thut? It's what it sounds like, thigh butt. Part of your body that we call your thut, it's your thigh butt, it's where your thigh meets your butt. And there's a line, if you kind of flex your leg, you can feel that line where your butt comes oh, I'm down. That line. Yeah, I've got that line too. Pretty tight. <laughs> yeah. And so if you put the bar up in that line, then it will kind of hold you. Your body okay. will hold you in that it's spot. Like and that's where you want to sit. Put my thut. You put your thut on, on the, the bar. But we have to do it at the same time. I'm with you. And then what else? Is that what um, you're just doing it? So. Talk me through it. Yeah, I'll talk you through it. You have a thut, and you uh, needed to put that on the wheel and make sure I kept my thut on it. So that was hurting me a day or two later. But otherwise, all intact. Felt really good, to be honest. I, I was surprised myself that not only did I survive, Maybe she was feeding my ego, but she said I did really well. I, I probably did seven, eight, nine different things on it. Had you shown me a video in advance, hey, you're going to do this, I'd be like, no, I'm not doing that. But your thought is probably cut. <laughs>
you're not bending forward, you're not leaning back. Um, yeah, it looks great. So I'll show you the next step if you're into it. It's not very different than what you're doing. So if you just keep doing what you're doing, and at the point when your left hand comes around the bar, I'm going to grab the wheel and stop it. And you just hold on to that bar. So it's going to be off-center. It'll be off-center. And I will pull you a little bit. Okay. And you just, your job is to just hang on with your arms straight and your feet and let the wheel lift you to the side. Oh, lift the front. Right, yeah. Um, you got it? Okay. So yeah, just hang on and try to balance yourself in the wheel. Can you, can you shift your hips toward me? Uh-huh. Balance. Balance by leaning kind of as much toward me as you can. You feel it? So far, what's your impression of wheel? It's pretty wild. Uh, I'm doing much more than I expected I would do on a first day. I thought this would be like... In lacrosse, since I coach that, it's I'm gonna learn how to like scoop a ball and hold the stick in my hand, and that's about it. I feel like I'm learning how to shoot already, you know, not quite behind the back or anything, but I feel like I'm, and you can correct me that I'm as basic as it gets, but it feels like you get to do a lot early on, mm -hmm. which I think would appeal to people because if you're spending six months just finding the balance, like when you first started, you're like, oh, I did this, I'm like. God, I hope we're doing more than just finding balance. That's why I was trying to push myself in the beginning. Like, all right, I got to like get this mastered so I can do something else. Yeah. Were you self-taught from the beginning, or did you go right no, away I first took, to a clinic of some kind? I took a class. Okay. Um, there's a woman in town who's been wheeling for like six years. Okay. And she she teaches a lot of things. She teaches circus stuff. Okay. And so wheel was one of her specialties, and yeah. she teaches classes. She still does if people are interested. Interesting. Um, I want to go upside down. I want to go upside down. One thing that is super fun to do is see how I've got my feet in here. I put my feet in straight. Right. Hi. As they can go, yeah, to where it's like almost painful and it sucks. I want it to be painful, and then once it's painful, you turn your feet sideways like this to lock them in even tighter, okay, and then it's even more painful, okay. And that's a good thing, okay, because these belts what do we love? You. Pain, pain, yes, here goes nothing. Oh, did you push me over? No, that totally looks like you pushed me over. No, All right. I was just holding your foot in because I wanted to make sure you didn't yeah, slide yeah, out yeah, of the belts. Did you feel like you were solid okay. in the belts? Did you feel like you were solid in the belts? Except for I turned my feet in. Mm. Right as you were saying, like punch your toes and then I remembered. Mm hmm. Okay. I got very focused on my hands. My saviors. Yeah. Okay. You want to go again? Grab an underhand? Yeah. And that way you can kind of push like a cartwheel. I'll just watch. Okay, you got this. Keep your toes pointed. You can do another one. Toes pointed, toes pointed, toes pointed. That was... Uh, that was good. If you want to go the other way, and I'll just stay out of the frame. Oh, I don't care about the frame. This is, the experience is more important to me than capturing the experience. Okay. Oh, that was fun.
was the best part? I think I was shocked that I did some of the things that when I first went into it, she was describing what I should do and how to flip over or how to do this particular move. And in my head, I'm like, I don't, that's not going to happen. And then I did it and she coached me through it and it really surprised myself. So that to me was the best part. It was a bit more philosophical than an actual act. I'd say in terms of the actual activities, um, the one that pushed me the most and I liked the most was we're both on the wheel and kind of seesawing and then she catches me, meaning I'm up in the air on the top part and she is down on the ground holding the wheel and me in place. And then we kind of rotated and I did it to her. Then we went to the next step where she's on the ground inside the wheel, but then you slip yourself out of the wheel and still hold the person up by just having your feet on the rungs. Obviously, it's very hard to describe uh, without seeing it, so hopefully some photos on the website, people will uh, get a better sense of it. But that was really cool, like doing one thing and then pushing it to the next step. Uh, and so you the, were both in wheels simultaneously. There's several things that we did together in this kind of seesaw-y type of event. Um, and then there was one part, too, where, you know, we're pretty much ready to leave. And she's like, oh, well, we want to try this one other thing? Because there's, you know, these three different ways you can do the wheel, where you throw it, where you're on it. And then there's this one where you lay it flat, horizontal to the ground, and you stand within it. And then you kind of pull it up and down and shake it, and it, it starts bebopping on the floor, and we're doing it together. And I didn't realize this, but at one point I turned and looked, and she's on top of the wheel. I'm shaking it, thinking we were both doing it together. It was kind of like uh, when you ride a tricycle or go to a bike, and your mom or dad, or for me, it was my sister, was pushing me. And you turn around like, okay, you can let go. And it's like, oh, they've been letting go for the past like hour. And then so, you immediately fall over. Exactly. And in this case, <laughs> slam my head against the wheel and bleed out. That obviously didn't happen. Though. Didn't happen. Your, your head looks well shorn, though. On purpose. <laughs> yes, unrelated, well-shorn head. It's uh, it's my winter do. Let all the extra wind and snow blow into my uh, bald head. No, that's good. If you had given it another like five months, you would have been doing the Bernie Sanders thing. And uh, I, I like your clean cut. I appreciate that. Actually, <laughs> I did Bernie uh, a couple years ago for Halloween. <laughs> Perfect. Any surprises with the German wheel? The stuff that she's doing on it, and she's not a very muscly looking person, she's thin in shape, and she's doing some moves, headstands and other, holding her body weight up, and very impressed with how she could do that. She's only been doing it for two years, seeing how much Amanda has gone um, in her process, to the point where she's competing um, pretty soon, I think in March, up in... Chicago and she might get a chance to compete at the World Championships which are going to be hosted in New York in 2020. So that's pretty cool to, to know someone who's that involved in a very small niche community to be like, oh, she's one of the like handful of people that are doing this in the country. It's pretty cool. Would you do it again? I would. I would. I think there's going to be a lot of challenges in this 50 weeks that will be one and done. Uh, and I don't think I'm interested in becoming an expert wheeler, but I would definitely do it again. And I would encourage other people, if you have an opportunity to take a class, find it's going on in your city, or hey, if you're here in Baltimore, get a hold of me and I will connect you with Amanda and her crew of friends that she is growing a community that is doing this wheel. Do you think it's going to find a place into your yoga three times a week? No. 
No. Not no. like two yogas and a wheel? Man, that would be interesting. It is so much effort to do it. The physicality of it, the placement of it, it's just not an easy workout. You're going to have to be dedicated to that thing. So, you know, if she had a thing once a month or every once in a while, said, hey, people come out, I'm going to do this thing, I would definitely go out again. I, would, I enjoyed it. It wasn't just, whew, I got through it. I definitely, uh, I had fun. Well, that's good to know. Not only did you have fun, but you probably also learned something. What did I learn? I think I learned, especially with this 50 to 50, I just need to say yes. I need to, you know, I'm, I tend to make it sound like I say yes to a lot of things and that I'm this very experimental guy and look, I'm doing these 50 things. But truth be told, I could have done that. I could have done about half the things that we did that night. And I felt like I had to keep pushing myself. And I think this podcast has helped me do that. But I think it is still pushing my mindset that if I really am about learning and growing and trying new things, it can't just be the easy ones or the safe ones or the ones that someone else kind of decides for you. You have to play an active role in it. So with the German Wheel, I had a very active role in participating and pushing myself. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad I did it. So catch me up, Derek. Tiffany is, I believe, starting her 40 to 40 this week. Yeah, the pressure is on, uh, Michael Ivan. The pressure's on. She's uh, loading up her proverbial hat uh, with 40 different items and drawing them at random. Now, you might think, knowing me, that my wife might be also a very butterfly-esque, uh, you know, unplanned person, but uh, Tiffany is a very structured person. Uh, she's very particular. She plans everything very well. Uh, her whole life's like that. So the idea that just earlier today she was saying, I can't wait to randomly draw out of a hat what I'm doing next week, it sounds totally crazy uh, in comparison to her normal behavior. I'm, I'm glad she's doing it. She, she is a younger me. I mean, I, it's really fun and encouraging to hear that she's doing it but then how she's doing it. I was shocked that she was doing this draw out of a hat because I was like I can't do that like I need a plan I need to know what it is I'm doing this week and I know she has a few things that are pre-planned like ice fishing and things that she has to put on the calendar and travel for but the fact that she's just pulling out of a hat and going all right this week this is the thing I'm gonna do baller she did get an adorable uh Doug the Pug calendar uh by which to uh plan uh, her, her her masterful approach to forty, uh, and yeah, you're right. There are there are going to be things that need to be uh, structured and need to be planned. She's taking a retreat up to Maine, um, where she's going to be ice fishing uh, and doing all kinds of other totally insane outdoors people things uh, with an, uh, a group of women uh, who are just Wild. going out there to the uh, to the freezing cold Maine. It's going to be like. Uh, this is like in February or March. This is cold time. Oh my gosh, yeah. it's got to be so cold in Maine right now. Yeah, no, I visited in like the summer. That's the that's the time for me. Yeah, like if you weren't wearing gloves and you were out there all day, you would probably lose your hands. It's probably that cold. Please, please tell her to wear gloves. No, yeah, she's got she's got gloves. All right, good. she's set to go. Excellent. So next week, next week we're doing something very exciting that has already begun. I can practically smell the radiant healthiness coming off of you. Or is that? No, that's a I hangover. Didn't, I didn't show. I'm sorry. <laughs> so is, this is your first vegan hangover, right? 
Yeah, well, I've, I've begun Vegan Week. Uh, I technically started a couple days ago, though I have already broken it. And, uh, <laughs> but I technically started Sunday to Sunday. So we get together on Sundays to record our podcast, and we get to review what happened the previous week. And today, the first day of the week, Sunday, we are uh, going vegan. When I say we... I mean me. No one, no one else is doing it. Uh, I'm here with you in spirit. Yeah? You're not going to join? Uh, know that I ate multiple types of meat for breakfast. All right. Well, It we'll... was okay. I, I could have done with something else. I could have eaten a star fruit or something instead. I had an orange and I had some cereal with almond milk. And uh, I'm starting out strong. I'm feeling good about it. I uh, am excited to get through the week. Not just in a, oh my God, I made it. But I'm looking forward to trying new foods replacing foods that I typically eat and, and seeing how it goes. I think I'm, I might feel healthier by the end of this. I'm not sure. Yeah. Do you feel any healthier yet? I guess it's hard to tell through the murk of regret. Yeah, I don't, I don't have anything for you yet. I'm going <laughs> to weigh myself. I am a little nervous that I'm going to pound carbs into my face and eat rice and bread and pasta and be 20 pounds fatter. So I'm, I'm going to weigh myself. I already did. 168 at the beginning of the week, and we'll see what happens at the end of the week. Hopefully it uh, stays the same or, or goes down, maybe. Who knows? I hope because I might be starving myself. So it sounds like you have a lot more thoughts than fears going into this one. I think I had some initial fears that have been put on hold because I already got together with Katie, and we had a good conversation, and we went shopping, and I'm already pretty aware that there's substitutes in 2019 for pretty much everything. So it seems like uh, one cure for uh, surface level fear is educating oneself. Good thought. Michael Ivan is going vegan. How will he handle the munchies? Find out next week. You have been listening to 50 to 50. Check out our website 50to50.com for photos, videos, and the opportunity to give us feedback or suggest an activity for Michael Ivan's quest to expand, experiment, and embrace as he turns 50.